Like much of South America after World War II, Argentina was brutalized by a series of right-wing dictatorships, and by the mid-1970s, political opposition had been outlawed, the Congress shut down, judges removed from the Supreme Court, and worst of all, thousands upon thousands of people simply disappeared, their ultimate whereabouts never revealed. The vast majority of the victims, students, trade unionists, journalists and political dissidents, were abducted, isolated, tortured, maimed and murdered. Some of them, while still alive, were loaded into aircrafts and, as the planes flew out over the Atlantic Ocean, tossed to their deaths. So it is understandable that in 1976, Manuel Puig chose to publish his novel Kiss of the Spider-Woman, not in his native Argentina, but rather in Spain. Puig set a story in a Buenos Aires prison, focusing on two inmates, Valentin, a committed Marxist, and Molina, an apolitical homosexual. And in the tradition of Greek theatre, the story charts their respective transformations, whereby both men come to recognise and appreciate the other's point of view. She's, um... Well, she's... something a little strange. That's what you notice, that she's not a woman like all the others. She seems all wrapped up in herself. Lost in a world she carries deep inside. Yet, rather than present the hard realities of Argentinian life, Puig chose to write his novel in a way that relied more on fantasy and illusion. Stretches of the novel drift into stream of consciousness, while yet others mimic government propaganda reports. While not part of the literary tradition, Puig was drawing inspiration from magic realism, a literary movement popular among South American writers at the time. Gabriel García Márquez, Mario Benedetti and José Donoso all wove stories that, while grounded in a highly detailed reality, often spun away to embrace events too outlandish to be believed. Part of what magic realism does is offer up a social critique, and what Puig's novel was suggesting was that imagination helps you to transcend, if not escape your own existence, and liberate yourself from servitude. In other words, the military dictatorship may incarcerate your body, but if you can still use your imagination, you still retain some semblance of freedom. It just gives you that impression, but inside is another story. In this society, without power behind you, no one works tall. Don't be jealous. Don't be stupid. You see how you react? There's just no talking about a guy with another guy without getting into a fuss. Look, just keep it at a certain level, okay? Well, let's not talk at all. Okay, you tell me what a real man is. I don't know. Sure you do. Go ahead, tell me. Well, not taking any crap from anybody, not even the powers that be. That's not the most important thing. What really makes a man has to do with not humiliating anybody. It's not letting the people around you feel degraded. Puig's novel received mixed reviews, but what most people agreed on was that it was unfilmable. While prison pictures have long been considered box office poison, not even The Shawshank Redemption was a theatrical hit, Movies concerning political oppression in South America rarely appealed to mainstream audiences in Buford, Wyoming, 
and that's not to mention the novel's downbeat ending. But one person did think it was filmable, and that was Brazilian director Hector Babenco. Babenco had just created a sensation with Pichote, a very tough picture about a vagrant teenager in Sao Paulo who was used by both the police and gangs to carry out their criminal activities. Having recruited real-life delinquent Fernando Ramos de Silva for the title role, Babenco then shot the film in a neorealist manner. The picture went on to win several awards at international film festivals, as well as being nominated for a Golden Globe. With Babenko attached to Kiss of the Spider-Woman, the project soon wound its way onto the desk of Shep Gordon. Gordon was a talent manager who had made his name and fortune in the music world, representing the likes of Alice Cooper and Blondie. Gordon had teamed up with PR consultant Carolyn Pfeiffer, whose clients included Robert Redford, Barbra Streisand and The Beatles. And together, Gordon and Pfeiffer began financing independent pictures through their production company Alive Films. Ridley Scott's The Duelists, Jonathan Demme's Stop Making Sense, and Godfrey Reggio's Koyaanisqatsi all benefited from their patronage. And once Alive Films agreed to bankroll Kiss of the Spider-Woman, the project immediately attracted the attention of Hollywood star Burt Lancaster. Lancaster's interest was certainly alluring. His stature could secure international distribution. But the concern was that Lancaster was far too old for either of the parts. In addition to that, Babenka wanted, if at all possible, to avoid Hollywood stars. Instead, he wanted Latin actors. Strange. When Michelle was skilled, I... It was chilling. It's just a movie, Valentine. Just one of Mother's many stories. Yeah, but I keep thinking about... Someone I know. Your girlfriend. Tell me about her. My lips are sealed. It's just that I'm... so helpless in here with no way to protect her. So you have a heart after all. Hmm. Write to her, tell her to stop taking chances. If you think like that, you'll never change anything in this world. Now look who's living in a fantasy. Which in part explains why he cast Puerto Rican Raul Julia as Valentin, the committed Marxist. The other reason why he cast Julia was simply because he was such a good actor. Which in part explains why Babenko also cast American actor William Hurt in the role of Melina, the apolitical homosexual. The other reason why he cast Hurt was because of the distribution Hurt's name could guarantee. From there, Babenko then cast Brazilian actress Sonia Braga in the title role. Braga had sprung to international stardom in 1977 when she played the title role in Donna Flor and Her Two Husbands, where she played a woman torn between her living spouse and the ghost of her dead one. But Braga's command of English was so poor that for Kiss of the Spider-Woman, she had to learn her lines phonetically. Little bother though, because the words she was given by Leonard Schrader's carefully crafted script ensured that she personified the mystery that was central to the film's overall pattern. This music is magical. I feel like I'm floating on air. And that pattern comes in the form of a question. Which is more important, politics or love? 
Can you achieve freedom through political struggle alone? Or can love transcend your captivity? And those questions are embodied by Braga's Spider-Woman, a figure who may embroider alluring dreams, but is someone who also spins deceit and creates traps. With the two men wasting away in their prison cell, Molina decides to distract himself and Valentin by recalling some old romantic movie he once saw. But ravishingly romantic as the movie may be to Molina, after listening to his descriptions, Valentin realizes that the story is in fact an old Nazi propaganda film. Molina is indifferent to the politics. All he can recall is the beauty of the leading man and the glamour of the leading lady. Although the film that Molina recalls is based on a real wartime Nazi picture called The Great Love, starring Swedish actress Zara Leander, Babenko decided at best not to use the real picture, but instead recreate it in an ultra-stylized manner. Shot not in black and white, but rather washed out sepia tones, Babenko ensured it was lit and framed in such a proto-romantic manner that it came across as utter kitsch. I believe this is what you want. Yes, well done. So often I was tempted to steal it from him myself. But some things are best done by a woman. A woman who betrays the man she loves. Now, in the first part of the picture, it appeared that Babenko was clearly differentiating between the sequences taking place within the prison cell and the film within the film. But, in the second part of Kiss of the Spider-Woman, Babenko added his own little flourish that subverted such an impression. As Valentin listened to Molina narrating the Nazi romance, we were encouraged to believe that we were seeing the story through Molina's eyes. After all, it was he who saw the wartime picture. But when Babenko shows us Valentin's own flashbacks, of his time before he was captured and incarcerated, we see that his lover Marta is also played by Sonia Braga. Clearly then, we are seeing Molina's narration through Valentin's eyes. And so, rather fittingly, when Valentin drifts into a morphine-induced reverie, administered by the prison doctor, Babenko then drifts his film into black and white. In other words, Molina's descriptions have, after all, helped Valentin escape, if only metaphorically, from his prison cell and be reunited with the woman he loves. I love you so much. That's the one thing I never said to you because I was afraid of losing you forever. And therein lies the answer to the question the film's pattern asks. It is love, not politics, that helps you escape captivity. Kiss of the Spider-Woman is a very strong picture, the performances carefully graded. But while William Hurt deservedly received an Oscar for his performance, it was a shame that Raul Julia was not even nominated. Still, Babenko's directorial decisions were strong, yet subtle, and after nearly 30 years, the Spider-Woman is aging gracefully. This dream is short, but this dream is happy. 